We are one day away. The Baltimore Ravens 2023-2024 playoff run begins tomorrow. Today we talk about X-Factors for the Ravens and how they can beat the Houston Texans in the divisional round, all that and so much more coming up next here on Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Ravens, or daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostreicher of Ravens Wire, coming to you as always on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for being here, making Locked On Ravens your first listen each and every day, wherever and available on all podcasting platforms. That's in video form on YouTube, audio form, wherever you get your shows. It's the same show, audio and video, so be sure to subscribe on YouTube, follow along in audio form as well. We do five days a week Ravens content plus bonus content as well, news analysis updates the whole nine yards. Today's episode of Locked on Ravens is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Purple Friday, it is here. Tomorrow, the Ravens will begin their playoff journey as they take on the Houston Texans in the division around at M&T Bank Stadium. Uh, maybe some people are feeling some nerves, some excitement, a little bit of both here as we look in. And we're going to be breaking it all down today with Kai Giusmail, of course, former Baltimore Ravens wide receiver and a Super Bowl champion there as well. And Q, that's what this Ravens team is looking for, right? That Super Bowl championship. As you look forward, you know, everything that is ahead of them, we know how they played in the regular season. We know they were dominant. But none of that matters now. It's a whole new season for this Ravens team. And coming to town is the ever-so-hot Houston Texans and the scorching C.J. Stroud. This is what it's all about. This is why we do our shows. This is why we speculate in the offseason. This is why we talk about it during training camp. This is why we break it down game by game. comes down to this. We got the number one seed. We've been talking about it all year long. And you got a team that I think is more than worthy opponent 25 to 9 was week one, but what we saw as far as what they did against the Cleveland Browns and took care of business, that's a whole nother animal. I think this is a great matchup. It's a worthy opponent. It's something that seasons you to continue to either say, hey, we are the real deal, or you slip up and you sit back and you watch from home the Super Bowl. This team is built. Right now, what I think and see to continue to go forward and make it to the Super Bowl. This is this is exciting, man. This is uh, woo, four thirty can't get here fast enough. You, you can feel the energy, and the whole city right now is buzzing. It's on fire. There, there is a little nervous energy, I'm sure, but I think that's what happens here when the playoffs first start. And it's exciting too. I mean, Baltimore's proven that you're right. They, they belong to be here, but now they have to continue to prove that they belong over the next three games, hopefully three. And all you need is a little three game win streak and you, you get to where you want to go. But the big story is Lamar Jackson and CJ Stroud, right? Those two quarterbacks, arguably the first and second best quarterbacks left in the playoffs. If you're talking about how they're playing right now, maybe Josh Allen, maybe Patrick Mahomes, right? But 
CJ Stroud is on fire. Lamar, we know what he did in the regular season. We'll get to that a little bit later. But I want to first start off, Q, with some of these X factors for the Ravens. And honestly, we can talk a couple of Houston X factors as well. And I think when you want to start looking at the Ravens injury report, let's start there. Marlon Humphrey, he's not going to play in this game. The Ravens ruled him out with the calf injury. Now, the Ravens didn't have Marlon in week one either. And that was kind of the start of the questions of, well, who's going to step up if Marlon isn't there? We've seen Brandon Stevens have, you could argue, honestly, somewhat of a Pro Bowl type season. He's been that good for them as a number one guy when Marlon has been out and a really good compliment to him when Marlon's been in there. Now, we know for Houston, there's no Tank Dell. There's no Noah Brown. Nico Collins is the receiver that you want to hone in on here for the Ravens. It seems like Brandon Stevens and Nico Collins are in for a big matchup, but throughout that entire secondary, Brandon Stevens is going gonna, is gonna to be a huge active actor as we've seen him shut down Jamar Chase, shut down some of these top flight receivers. If you can have Brandon Stevens eliminate Nico Collins in this game, I think that's a big way that the Ravens could start off fast and honestly be on their way to a win. Nico Collins is the real deal. He knows how to work the system as far as how they try to get him to, to be open down the football field. We saw that against the Cleveland Browns. We saw how, you know, from, from, from an aspect of the game doesn't look too big for him, like kudos to him. Brandon Stevens though, is a different animal. You referenced the fact that he shut down guys, the likes of a Jamar Chase, who was just a beast in a, in a you know, getting up there in that A.J. Green, uh, Brown, uh, just, no, I should say Brown, but Bengals killer uh, against the Ravens. My mindset is this. Brandon Stevens, you just go out and play your game. Because what we're looking at as far as those matchups is the fact that you got a Ravens defense that can confuse a rookie quarterback. Unlike uh, Cleveland Browns defense, I think they just relied upon, hey, we're fast, we get to the ball, we're physical, and that actually worked against them. And I think that's something that Mike McDonald, you know, who is a, a very studious coach, he's going to be breaking down all the little nuances of the game to – kind of get that edge and, and and see here's the thing it's it's not about we have a game plan it's about that in-game adjustment and about that second half game plan that you look at to say this is what's going to help us win and I think that's something that uh yeah Nico Collins and company they they best be ready for which I don't think they're going to be and I don't think that you know says anything negative to them I just think that that's just how good this Ravens defense has been playing yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think when you look at the front four for the Ravens, a point that I don't think a lot of people, the dots people aren't connecting here, Q, Calvin Noy was not on the Ravens roster in week one. That was a week three. Oh, you want, okay, we're going to be quiet about it. <laughs> he's No one knows. <laughs> no, no one, it seems like, again, he's that under the radar guy. No one wanted him in the offseason. It was the same story with Shadavian Clowney. Now he had a game and he, that was kind of the start of Jadavian Clowney just wrap up finish the sacks finish the sacks because he had a couple against CJ Stroud that he could have gotten but it, it didn't work out that way for him but for Calvin Noy it's another option you have just Matabike on the interior who's been awesome you have a guy like Clowney plus Adafi Owe and Travis Jones maybe makes a little bit of an impact Michael Pierce in the middle but Calvin Noy has been such a stud for them all season long. He wasn't in that week one Houston matchup. I think when you're talking about X factors and these guys that are maybe flying under the radar for some people, 
Kyle Vannoy fits that bill pretty well for me. He does. And and I, I would say, you know, from a Kyle Van Noy aspect of things, it's not even what he does on the field, which is tremendous, but it's that off on the sideline giving you those little nuggets of information of what he's gleaned as a veteran and what he can tell you to help you improve upon your game. And I think that's something that really uh, sets it apart. You know, I, I also look at, you know, Adafi Owe and, and I'm glad he's, you know, back and, and feeling good and, and ready to go. But, uh, you know, if, if there was ever an X factor, it's Chuck Smith. And the reason why I say that is because you have the two veterans that are playing well, but you need Adafi Owe to kind of, yeah, okay, let's go, bro. And I, I think if, you know, there's ever a chance to get around the edge and either A, do a swim move, do a, you know, a rip technique, do a, a, a speed to power or power to speed, it's this game. And it's because of the fact that you have a rookie quarterback in C.J. Stroud. It's because, you know, there's a lot of film that has been put out there and you could see the way their tackles have been playing. Stout, yes, absolutely, no question, but they're gettable. And so I think that's from a X factor aspect of things. I, I kind of would say, you know, Chuck Smith, uh, you know, let it let it be Adafi Owe. But to your point, Kyle Van Noy, whoo, man, that that on that sideline, giving them little nuggets of information about what he sees, you you can't put a price tag on that. No, it's it's veteran leadership and just putting guys in the right position. And we've seen many veterans come in to. You know, whether the Ravens or another football team, that type of stuff is really valuable. And I think it's really good the way the Ravens have built the roster where they do have those veterans, but it's not only veterans. You have those young guys as well. And coming up in the second part of the show, we will talk a bit more about the offensive side of the ball for the Ravens and also some X factors, both veteran and young guys. So be sure to stay tuned for that. A lot to get to on Lockdown Ravens. First, this episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. And passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 120 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. All the parts you need, prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home what you want. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Elves, wide items only, exclusions apply, eBay guarantee fit only, and available to US customers. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. In the NFL regular season, it's all wrapped up. The playoffs in full swing here, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, your customers get $150 in bonus bets, guarantee when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app on FanDuel is super easy to use. Also, there are so many different ways to bet, like Live same game parlays. You can find best in the Explore tab. You can make a parlay in the parlay. How the best way to find popular parlays and so much more. So if you want to put together a little Ravens parlay, maybe you want say Flowers anytime touchdown, Gus Edwards anytime touchdown, maybe as a likely anytime touchdown, or if Mark Andrews comes back, maybe you want to throw him in there as well. Visit FanDuel.com/slash locked. I'll make your first better layup. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. We're back. Our second segment locked on Ravens. Kevin Ostriker and Kaiser Ismael still talking football. With your Ravens and Texans division around Saturday, 4.30 Eastern time, kicking off divisional weekend. Should be a really good game. Yeah. And on the offensive side of the ball for the Ravens, you know, this is somebody we've been talking about a lot this season. 
But I think Ronnie Stanley is a huge X factor. And you can even throw Morgan Moses in this conversation too. The tackle play has been a lot better ever since they started that tackle rotation with Patrick McCary and Daniel Filele and, and how that's been working for him. But keeping Lamar clean in that pocket. Now we know Lamar can escape the pocket. He can make stuff happen on broken plays. He's the best in the league at doing that. But it seems like whenever he's just sitting back there four, five, six, seven seconds, you know it's going to be a completion every single time there. So to me, the Texans have some players, some pass rushers. Sean Grenard, 12 and a half sacks this year. Will Anderson been a beast for them on the interior. Guys like Sheldon Rankins and Malik Collins. They claim Derek Barnett late in the year. He's been great for him. He had two sacks in that Cleveland game. The tackles, in if you want to go a broader sense, the offensive line play for the Ravens is such a big X factor for me, not only in pass protection, but opening up those run lanes too. The names you mentioned on that defensive front, they do not miss from an assignment aspect of things. They play just as well uh, as we've seen any defensive front. Now, it's cool because you went against a Lions defensive front that coming into the game was very formidable. You went against a Seahawks defensive front that was extremely formidable. And, of course, you know, we had Keaton Mitchell factor, so that was awesome. Um, but you are looking at, you know, an offensive line that, number one, it, it's, you know, Joe D, the way in which he alternated – Guys, it's so unheard of, and it worked. Uh, it gives guys chance to be fresh and and be able to sustain, you know, four quarters of good quality football. Um, but it will be a tough task, no question about it. Uh, I think Will Anderson is just, you know, he he he's the guy, like that dude. But I do love me some Linderbaum. I do love me some Ronnie Stanley. I do love the communication flow across the offensive line, regardless who's in there, and the way in which Todd Munkin uses uh, the, the play calling is going to really, really be important to, to kind of keep that defense guessing, if you will. If Lamar Jackson is off schedule and he has to extend the play, best in a business. Best in a business. He does it. He does extremely well. We've seen him do it all year. He does it with a lot of poise. The moment you think you got him is the moment you think, well, boy, I just got up a big play. How the heck did he do it? You can go back to the Jacksonville game. Even Jacksonville had a really stout defensive front, and they were all sitting there shaking their heads. So, yes, defensive front-wise, um, it is going to be a tough task. Absolutely, from a larger picture aspect of things, I love the fact that you know we're seeing that the offensive line, because of the rotation, mixed in with number eight being back there. Uh, will it be a great chess match? Yes. But again, X-factor-wise, I'm going to lean on uh, the way in which the, the rotation uh, that gives your X-factor, Ronnie Stanley, the opportunity to be able to go up against that formidable defensive front. So, yeah, and again, there were legit questions in the middle of the season about Stanley, the offensive lines, particularly just the tackle play. But that rotation has come in there and done a really good job. And it's hard. I mean, sometimes as a pass rusher, you want to go and time up a tackle. During the game, you're looking for any little matchup you can exploit, any little hand movement, you know, anything getting out of their stance. That's yeah. hard when you're facing 
two different tackles every game, three different tackles, four different tackles every game. It's hard to kind of get in a rhythm and time up when the guy you're playing on every drive is switching back and forth and back and forth. So I think it's worked to Baltimore's advantage. We really haven't seen something like that before, at least not at a level like this, not, not at playoff football when, yeah. again, I'm expecting – there, there were some questions, oh, the Ravens going to keep at it. I mean, look, it's not broken. I, w- I wouldn't fix it. I mean, if it's not broken, don't fix it. The Ravens have, have done a good job with it. But I think pass catcher-wise, too, you look back at week one, that game was a weird game because this is a different Texans team and it's a different Ravens team. Both teams have evolved since week one. But part of what I saw in that game was Lamar Jackson and Zay Flowers. That was the connection. Zay had 10 targets in that game, nine receptions. No other Raven had more than three targets in that game. And what we've seen from Lamar, especially as the season has evolved and as the offense has evolved, is he's spreading the ball out. I mean, Odell and Isaiah Likely and when Mark was there, Mark Andrews. But I'm saying Isaiah Likely is an X factor for me because he's somebody that has come in in the absence of Andrews and has performed really well. These young guys, Likely, Zay Flowers, playoff game, stakes are high. But they've performed, and I'm hoping that they can continue. Ravens fans are hoping they can continue the way they've been playing over the course of the season when they've gotten opportunities. I love your X Factor. I think that he has done a wonderful job of being locked in, um, being able to recognize his moments, being able to come up with some huge plays. I thought the, the biggest play for him that gave him that ultimate swagger was Lamar Jackson extending the play and making a huge catch inside the red zone against the Jaguars. I think that just springboarded him. Um, you you clearly saw it, you know, fourth and one. He's snatching a ball out of the air uh, against the Miami Dolphins. And, you know, that was, was that, that was right before halftime, I believe, um, where he just goes ahead and scores a touchdown. And 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 it just it, – it sealed the deal as far as, like, whatever y'all thought y'all were going to do with Mike McDaniels, not today. Um, bigger picture for me, you're absolutely right. From a Zay Flowers aspect of things, I think what Todd Munkin did and the reason why he was targeted so much was because of the quick game. Um, it, it, it kind of grew from there into, you know, the more you look at Zay, then other guys are going to be able to feast and, and it, and it evolved and it happened, uh, I think if if there was a guy X factor wise in that receiver room or that pass catching in general, it it, it gotta be Bateman. Um, you know, Nelson Aguilar is gonna get, you know, the the crumbs that he needs to get, and they're gonna be vital. I think Odell Beckham Jr., because of the fact that he's feeling fresh, he's feeling, you know, ready. I think he's going to do what he's going to do. Make if it if it's that one big time catch to kind of you know be the momentum factor, so be it. But it, if if he is called upon and and is cooking and making multiple catches, then I absolutely believe he can do that. But I think for Bateman is it's his time, and I think he's going to really show out. I'm really excited for this, especially for Rashad Bateman who. You know, the the expectations for him coming into the season, you know, hopefully it was going to be a breakout. He's going to have a great season. Hasn't worked that way for him, right? It's been, I guess, from expectations 
a disappointment of a season, but he has showed up in some key moments this year. He has made plays. You know what? If he shows up and he, he's this baller in the post, we know he can, we know he can run the routes. We know he can catch the football. It just, it hasn't come together for him. What a perfect time it would be this moment right here in the playoffs for him to step up and maybe have the greatest run of his NFL career so far. I, I, I personally love that. Now I, I thought you were going Q. I thought you were going to say Charlie Kohler. I thought you were going to try to sneak in something in there with your guy. When I said Isaiah Likely, you said, no, you're talking about the wrong tight end. It's, it's Mr. Charlie Kohler himself, which I do think it's it's interesting because now we have the Mark Andrews situation, right? Where Andrews <laughs> has practiced in full the past two, two practices. There is a shot. John Harbaugh said it's still up in the air. Now, you know a little bit about the injury. The timeline's different for everybody, right? Some people respond well. Some people don't. How are you feeling about this quick recovery from Mark Andrews and whether he could be available this weekend or maybe down the line, whether it's championship game or Super Bowl for the Ravens? If what I'm hearing, as far as all the ways he's trying to think outside the box to get himself back, the fact that it's similar to what uh, Terrell Owens had and, and the way Terrell Owens showed up mega big in the Super Bowl against the Patriots – uh, I I just think that Mark can absolutely and he practice in full. Now, I've seen, you know, the footage, uh, I'll bet a small sample size of him moving around and didn't look fluid, but look good for surgery. So looking fluid versus looking good for surgery are two different things when it comes to being competitive and kind of push off of it and, you know, block or, uh, you know, feeling safe about, you know, there's a lot of bodies flying around and how I feel subconsciously on it. I think he'll have a, a role. I think it'll be limited, but that's okay, especially if they win. If it is a scenario where for, you know, Charlie Kohler, the only reason why I was a little like, yeah, was because I, I, I mean, I, I'm like, come on, bro. And it was raining out. But the Pittsburgh game, the one drop, I was like, mm, come on. You know, it was like a right up over the middle. And just, you know, you secure it. You know, and I love the way, you know, Isaiah was like, yeah, I'm securing it. And I'm going to be so secure. I'm going to show you all how it's done. Uh, I just think that for Charlie Kohler, it's, it's now or never to make a critical catch. But that's it. And then at the same time, do what you do as far as your blocking, which has been exemplary. And I'm very, very uh, happy and proud of him, the way he's been able to, you know, to, to step up in, in, that, in that role. Like he's had his role and he's had his thing. And, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm like, all right, you're doing it. You know, like, let's continue. So Isaiah, man, keep doing what he's doing. I can see that being an X factor. Bateman is my X factor, but yeah, that's my boy Charlie, and and I'm rolling with him regardless. It's just that I'm 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 tempering it now because of the fact that you got 89 coming back. Yeah, and let's face it, Q, 89 is their best pass catching weapon. I mean, Zay has been awesome for them, but Andrews just brings a whole nother element to this whole thing. So we'll see if he plays or not. Again, up in the air at the time of this recording, we don't know if he will, but. 
it's exciting to kind of envision maybe what an offense with Mark Andrews and then how Isaiah likely has evolved over these past two months, what that would look like two tight end sets in the whole nine yards. But again, you don't want to change your offense too much, but Andrews is a guy where you can just plug him in and he'll, he'll go do what he does. He, he's that good. But coming up in the final part of the show, we do have to talk a bit about Lamar Jackson and CJ Stroud. Those are the, you talk about X factors. If one of those guys can't perform, their team is most likely losing. So stay tuned for that. we got a lot to get to on Locked on Ravens. First, this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Never look at daily fantasy sports. Look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun. So many have had them up to 25 times their money this football season. All you have to do is select two or more players, pick more or less in the projected stats, and place your entry. With basketball season here, you cannot pick combo projections as well across football and basketball. And the specials league league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players in different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey you can pick those at a 10.5 combo of three pointers made plus receptions. If you want to play along since I'm a Prize Picks favorite players like Raph McMill and comedian Andrew Schultz, you can now find the community plays under the promos tab of the app through entries some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. Prize Picks even offers a reboot policy, so you're interested in play even if one of your players gets injured for football and basketball games. You have a player who exits in the first half and doesn't return in the second. That player is rebooted. Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Use code LockedOnNFL for first boss match up to $100. Again, pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Use code LockedOnNFL for first boss match up to $100. Price Picks daily fantasy sports made easy. We're back rounding out Locked On Ravens with Kadri Ismael. I am Kevin Ostriker. Talking Ravens football, talking division around playoff football. It's Baltimore's hosting Houston. Coming up here on Saturday. And the big story cue, it's Lamar Jackson and CJ Stroud. I tease it at the end of that second segment there. Lamar was on fire during the regular season. The second MVP coming down the pipeline for him. But CJ Stroud, we talked about all, all season how the Ravens were the first defense in the league, best defense. Well, Cleveland was, I think, right behind them at number two. And those those CJ Stroud-led Texans, a couple pick sixes in there by Ravens legend Joe Flacco. But, hey, you know what? CJ still put up all those points on the Houston defense. And you talk about how Houston essentially used Cleveland's speed against them that entire game. It felt like Houston had Cleveland in the palm of their hand. When it comes to what we saw in week one, not the same CJ, not the same Texans. When it comes to what the Ravens did in week one, not the same Lamar, not the same Ravens. Let's start with CJ and the Texans offense. What impresses you when you put CJ on the tape, when you watch the highlights and what he's been able to do over the course of the season, and especially in that wild card game? Every throw, poise, dropping dimes, eluding pressure, confidence, getting all guys involved in the offense. It is all of that. The Really cool thing when you talk about the overthrow uh, that he had uh, going into half, which should have been an easy touchdown. He comes back out, and my son and I are watching the game. I was like, oh, my God, he's going to throw an interception. Throws a beautiful ball to his tight end. And then as you see it on the replay, you could see how, yes, the way the defense was shifting – and and overplaying and over pursuing and just the touch of the throwback to the tight end was just a gorgeous pass. I think that kind of just typified what CJ Stroud has been for that team, the poise in which he has, you know, showed as a young player uh 
that was awesome. And and I, I, I really believe, you know, for Houston to win, they're going to have to deal with the elements. They play indoors. And in playing with those elements, it's how you as a young player, how are you going to react? How are you going to be as a quarterback? And what words of encouragement or motivation are you going to have with your players when things don't exactly go according to plan. I don't believe from a uh, aspect of watching, you know, tape and, 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 and the rest, this isn't going to be an over pursuing defense. This isn't going to be a defense. That's going to be sloppy. This is a Roquan Smith led defense. And I think that this is a, a, a different animal when CJ Stroud has to step up and make plays. For me, Q, this Ravens defense has just been so good all season. And for CJ, nothing taken away from what he's done. But for me, with CJ Stroud, it's about can he get into a rhythm early? Because the Ravens have for the entire year, they haven't really allowed quarterbacks to get – I think the the rhythm that we saw, the only thing I can really come up with, I mean, Deshaun Watson in that second half in that Cleveland game has no incompletions, kind of works the Ravens up and down the field a little bit. And that Cleveland team beat the Ravens, but we haven't really seen anything like that. There, but there have been you know bits and pieces here and there. I'm not saying it's been perfect, but Baltimore and CJ Stroud. When you talk about that matchup in particular, I'm going to be really interested to see if there's not a rhythm early. Can he find it later in the game and and overcome not having a rhythm? Now for Lamar Jackson, you talk about rhythm. He's been in a rhythm for <laughs> go back as far as you want to. It seems like all season long, he's been in some sort of a rhythm. Now, obviously that's been elevated as the season has gone on, but Houston Q does have some players in that secondary. Jalen Petrie is their do it all safety. Derek Stingley has been one of the best corners recently here in the league and, and had a really good game. They have others as well, but this is what you brought in these weapons for. It's what you brought in Zay Flowers for. And Odell Beckham. And you draft Isaiah likely a year ago. And Charlie Cole, too. I'll put him in that conversation. But then you get Mark back. And you still have Rashad Bateman, who you talked about. You surround Lamar with weapons for these moments because you know Lamar is capable of this. You got him the help he needed. And in that regular season, we saw the type of player he could become. And with bringing in Todd Munkin, that was the last piece of help that he needed in terms of the offensive system, the offensive philosophy of what the Ravens do. He has confidence in himself, not that he ever didn't, but his confidence in himself within the offense he's playing in. And to me, I think that's the biggest X factor of them all because we talked about it all season. You didn't want to peak in September. You didn't want to peak in October. You wanted to peak right now. And it seems like Baltimore is still on that upward climb towards their peak. And that's exactly what we wanted to see, especially early in the season when they were struggling a little bit to find an identity. I, I think what we've seen with Lamar and, and the offense and, yes, going up against guys like Stingley and company, uh, I take a little bit from what Joe Flacco and them have done. The way uh, Njoku played – um, the way technically, you know, Amari Cooper, who was dealing with a, a, a heel bruise, played. There were some plays to be had, and they started off hot um, to to make those plays happen. And I think that, you know, nothing take nothing away from Joe, but I just don't see Lamar being, you know, absent-minded with the football. And then as far as the scramble. <laughs> 
I'm Lamar Jackson. You're Joe Flacco. That's two different guys. Like, come on. I think, you know, that's going to be really something uh, of a bonus for this Ravens uh, skill group. They are going to have an opportunity to, to you know, the plays are going to be extended. And, and it, you know, I'm the secondary. I'm like, thank you. You know, fellas, what y'all doing up front? Cover him. Get him. Knock him down. Something. Um, but as long as Amar is doing his thing, I just really don't see uh, this this being a, a a scenario where the the Houston Texans defense gets the the advantage over him. And, and I think an X factor, you know, you you say Munkin, I, I, I'm I'm like T Martin on the sideline with Lamar Jackson, just continue to giving him uh, you know the the breakdown and the confidence and the little miniature. Uh, sideline uh, meetings, you know, that they have to kind of show what's what. I think those have been so incredibly effective uh, throughout the year. You know, I think that's what we're going to be seeing when when you look at, you know, Lamar Jackson uh, come Saturday, 430. And we do have some uh, breaking news. Well, not necessarily news, but something that's now trending and has recently become trending on Twitter. In terms of how to stop Lamar Jackson, Q, Bill Polian, who uh, is in the <laughs> yes, there is the laugh. Yes, we we, we know Bill Polian and uh, what what his take on Lamar Jackson was. He was on, I believe, it was Sirius XM. I can't, yeah, Sirius XM, and he was asked about how you know how do you stop Lamar? And I'll, I'll read this to you, and I want you to react. Your instant reaction to what Bill Polian says. The snippet of it, and Bobby Trossa put this out first, I think. So shout out to Bobby. He said, "Quote: You have to tell the rushers that they're not there to sack them." They're there to keep him in the pocket and make him throw the ball. So what's your reaction to that, Q? Because it feels like, again, that's something we heard a lot when Lamar is first coming out. He's proven all that wrong. Lamar in the pocket, he's a dangerous pocket passer. If you want to just keep him in there, he's going to dice you up, and we've seen that. Ask Jacksonville. Ask the 49ers. Ask, ask Nick Bosa. Uh, Bosa, excuse me. Ask Nick Bosa and his defensive front how they felt about Lamar and keeping him in the pocket. Um, ask Miami as, you know, he literally dropped back, did a half roll left-handed and then turned back and, and slung it down the football field. You know, maybe, maybe early in the year, you could have maybe said something like that. But the Pittsburgh game, there were drop passes. He was slinging it, you know. T.J. Watt and 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 company, Highsmith and company, you know, missed me with that. Like acting like they did something. Like it was his guys letting him down. So my point is, is that yes, keep him in the pocket. Go ahead, because if he extends the play, even without running, it's gonna make your D line tired. That's an advantage. It's going to make your secondary slip up. That's an advantage. Dude got all the arm angle throws, and he could flip the ball down the field. It's flick, flick. There it is. Flick down there to Isaiah Likely. Big play down there to, you know, looking at the Jags, thinking that they had, oh, just flick. And that was off of them trying to get to him. He wasn't looking to run. Go ahead and ask the 49ers, and all of a sudden they're going to drop everybody back. And then all of a sudden, he's like, yeah, okay. I wore y'all out. Now I'm going to go ahead and take off. 
Superman will be Superman. I just think, honestly, you're you're fooling yourself. Let me go ahead and 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 look at the one of the goats in Steve Young and saying that yes, you know Lamar and and Lamar did it too. It's kind of interesting because he was like tie his feet up, force him to stay in the pocket and become that guy that can make those on schedule plays because he's so incredibly brilliant with the off schedule plays. Like that's like that's like. Man, that's that's just my superpower. That's what I do. And if he can continue to grow and master, you know, the the on schedule plays, which we've seen him grow and master. My God, man, you know, I I love me some Bill Polian, but I think he's off on his take. Yeah, and again, this is not the first time Bill Polian's had a run in with uh, saying something about Lamar Jackson. And to your point about you know maybe you could have done something like that earlier in the season. That was never about Lamar's ability to throw. It was about the offense and. You know, if you just leave guys there and try to, you know, him and Odell didn't really have a connection with each other, right? If, if you take away those options, that's a thing. But this was never about Lamar's ability to throw. But for Bill Poley, and it, it almost feels that way. And it's, I think, a little disrespectful here when you talk about something I literally said 20 minutes ago on this show, where if he's in there for three, four, five, six, seven seconds, he's just sitting there, you know, just, all right, who's going to be? It's going to be a completion every time. Lamar... If you're telling the guys don't sack him, just keep him there and make him throw, he's going to throw for 400 yards <laughs> at that point. And, and this is a guy who can throw for 170 yards and this team can win by 30 because he's that good and he's that impactful on the game in so many different ways, both as a thrower and as a runner. So to me, Q, I don't know, it's just a little ridiculous to still having this conversation all these years after Lamar's done so much. But again, for him, he's a quarterback where unfortunately narratives don't go away and that's not fair to him. But it is what happens. Let's wrap this up with what your overall thoughts are on the matchup. And I got to get your final predictions here because this is a big game. It's a must win, right? <laughs> Ravens don't win. Their season's over. <laughs> so how, right. do you, how do you feel about the matchup and how good are you feeling heading into it? I feel great about the matchup. Even if uh, Marlon isn't going to be playing, I feel great about, you know, what Mike McDonald has meant to this defense. I feel great about the staff, Chris Hewitt, and the way he's prepared his secondary um, I feel great about, you know, guys like Chuck Smith and Anthony Weaver, who done an amazing job with their defensive front. Um, because of that, I think C.J. Stroud is going to have a tough time. I think at the same time, uh, Justin Matabike and company, and even the way in which they move the offense or the defensive line around to kind of create some mismatches on the offense has really been tremendous. Uh, and, I, and I've, I've just – marveled at that you know all year long and Jadavian Clowney and uh you know your guy Calvin Hanoi I think all that really matters offensively my god they're just primed and ready period end of discussion I think Dalvin Cook addition is 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 it's here it's now let's go he's a very strong asset I think a stronger asset out of the backfield as far as catching the football my goodness man I'm not gonna Say it, knock on wood, you know, Justice Hill has been protecting the ball extremely well. Keep doing it, my brother. Do your thing. Hold on to that thing. Like, it's it's everything. It's it's your life. It's your livelihood. You know, it, it, it it's what it is because he's been so explosive. Maybe not Keith Mitchell explosive, but who cares? He's still explosive. The offensive line, we talked about it prediction-wise. If they do what they need to do and handle that that formidable defensive front like they've handled other formidable defensive fronts, 
they faced all year long. I think this is an opportunity for the Ravens to clearly advance. I'm thinking like a score, 37-14, Ravens. Mm, I always love your score predictions more than mine. Yeah, it's just I would love it if that was going to happen. And honestly, look, there's a way it can happen, right? Baltimore gets out to a 14-3 lead. And, you know, in that atmosphere with the way Lamar's playing, there there was a real chance this could turn into a game like that. And what did we see all wildcard weekend, Q? It was blowout after blowout after blowout after blowout. All of those tight. There was one good game all wildcard weekend. It was the Rams and the and the Lions. Lions. So I, I, I could see it happening. I'm going to say it's more of a close game. And the, part of it is because whenever I say it's a close game, the Ravens blow the doors off the team. So I'm, I'm going to put it that way. But I have, a, I have a lot of respect for the Texans. I have a lot of respect for what they've done. D'Amico has those guys playing. And the thing I'll end this with is what do the Texans have to lose? They've already had a great season. If they lose, it's, you know, all right, the building blocks for next year went further than anybody thought they were going to. The Ravens are the ones with everything to lose in this game, but I think they're ready for that pressure. They're ready for that moment, especially after what happened in 2019. I'm going to be so glad, Q, when we can just never have to say the word 2019 or say the year 2019 ever again. I think this game's a stepping stone for that. I'm going to say my final prediction, at least the time right now, 28 to 17 Ravens. I think, again, cold weather, smash mouth football, but two high-powered offenses. But this Baltimore defense playing lights out. Houston has some guys, but I'll, I'll give Baltimore the win here because they haven't done anything for me to pick against them. What, what have they done wrong, right? They've been, they've been on their P's and Q's this past month, month and a half. After that bye week, they've passed every test. They are the test. And I'm going to say it stays that way, even after this game at 4.30. Q, I appreciate your time. Thanks so much for hopping on. Hopefully we're talking next week with the AFC Championship coming to Baltimore for the first time ever. Isn't that crazy? First time ever in the franchise's history. Yeah, I I, I am. I know we got to look this week only, but we, well, they can look at this week only because that's what they have to do. But we feel like we can look ahead and that AFC Championship game is going to be just tremendous. Uh, that would be a wonderful experience. I, I just think that it just, you know, kind of it would be prophetic in the sense of Tom Brady saying to Lamar Jackson, you got next. Well, when you get next, you get home games like that because you're so good. I think this would be awesome for Lamar Jackson to uh, host an AFC championship game and take it to the next level, whether it be Buffalo or Kansas City. Would be electric, both for the Ravens and for the city. Unbelievable. But thank you so much for tuning in to Locked on Ravens Q. Thank you again for your time coming up we'll be back we'll be back tomorrow after the game of course a live instant reaction episode to what happened so be sure to stay tuned subscribe video form audio form you can like the video on youtube it all helps out a ton we're building something great here and i really appreciate all the support stay tuned we'll be right back here tomorrow on locked on ravens